Previously on Quest Friends. What is hopscotch? Very, very faintly, you hear something about an accountant um, who had some like terrible incident in the uh, in the icy desert to the south. We've all done terrible things. Well, may- maybe not hopscotch. <laughs> this is called a pinky promise. When you connect your pinkies like this and shake them, it's more important than a regular promise. I promise you that once you get out there, if you ever need a partner, I'll be there. And remember, I never break my promises. So the next time we see each other, and trust me, I promise, we will see each other again, you can call me Lorraine. Magnificent Steeman's fortune telling. Take us slow with Charlie Sleepy Flapjack Blackjack. Madam Citrine pulls your fate from all possibilities. And in every possibility, you'll lose in Gordon's gambling games. The voices of future seers and high stakes gamblers just assault your ears from the moment you step into the land of tomorrow. Brulettia's destination for making it and then immediately breaking it. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite color? Just kidding, it doesn't matter, because you've seen all of them on this trip. Billboards, posters, flailing men with processed skin. Brulettia is abuzz with excitement for something. But despite the world crumbling around you in energized glee, shock and Misha, you continue to follow map towards a wide wooden structure covered by a ring-shaped rippling dome. With each step you take, the violence of the vibrations in the ground beneath you grow. Uh, and this is this is a pretty lengthy walk. You're basically going from all the way from Piper's Pit, which is on the western side of Rulettia, to the eastern side, which is where the Land of Tomorrow is. So, because we're not one of those shows where someone's like, let me tell you something, and then you fast forward to 20 minutes later and they start telling you, have you done anything? Have you talked to Mac at all, or talked to yourselves, or done anything during this trip? I guess while, while we walk, uh, Misha is going to ask Mac... So, how much do you know about this city, Beacon of the Law? <sighs> Mac takes another cigarette, pulls it out, throws it to the ground, and pulls another one out of their mouth and says, Well, I can tell you one thing, kid. Nobody's gonna pick up that cigarette. <sighs> Rulettia might look nice and glamorous, but it's got a seedy underbelly. But unlike most seedy underbellies, these seeds have already sprouted in the beautiful flowers that have then taken over the whole city. Misha is going to lean and pick the cigarette that Mac threw (laughs) and say, well, you don't seem to know too much about this city as someone picked up the cigarette after all. Oh! Shock does that in character, by the way. (laughs) You two got spirit. I can see why the boss wants to talk to you, but don't get any bright ideas. Too many good seekers have found themselves dead, but not Rulettia dead. Permanent dead. Misha's just going to nod and proceed to take the rest of the things that Max say with a grain of salt. They have lost their trust in their abilities to know things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 
which is incredible because I don't think Misha had any trust in Matt to begin with. That is true. So they have even less now. Like, negative five. It was almost like, Mac, you were like, nah. But then the giant neon sign behind Mac with, like, flashing arrows saying the plot is here is what... The, you're like, oh, okay, we can trust that. Well, you know... I believe maybe their boss knows something about the Jagged Dream. I don't know if they personally know anything about it. That's a good point, Misha Jarvis. I'm just retconning that to be, like, in our heads with our mental connection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just assume that everything you two say is between your fucking heads. I assume, like, you're the two who are, at, like, at dinner together. The two kids who are just, like, texting each other on their phones, even though everyone is literally around them. Basically. Look, we are the two kids who are sitting right next to each other texting each other because there are people around who may or may not be trying to kidnap us. And we don't want to say things like, where's the nearest exit out loud? Hey, if Mac, are, if Mac is trying to kidnap you, I think you can consider yourselves already kidnapped. That's true. Uh, all right. All right. To be fair, we also sometimes speak like that in front of non-dangerous like, <laughs> contexts. But <laughs> it's fine. in any case, uh, Misha is going to, to uh, tell Shock. Uh, yeah, I am also curious if the boss of the Deacon of the Law know something about me and my role in this city. That's a good point. We may find something there. Not sure what, but eh, if they're evil, we can escape. We are more than capable of taking them down, and they're going to look at Shuck confidently. What could possibly go wrong? All right, do you say anything else? Shock, Shock is good for now. He's still processing things. But Misha is going to uh, store the cigarette that they picked, kind of to like show it to Mac if they say anything cocky. Okay, can you roll a, uh, a D... Roll me a D20. Uh, six. Okay, so during the so during the the journey from uh, that conversation to your destination, you pick up a total of six cigarettes. Amazing. So you continue the walk, and eventually you make your way to this wide structure, which you can now see is open to the public via a large archway simply labeled Anin Races. However, instead of entering the racetrack, Mac instead leads you around the outside wall of the structure, and they end up placing their hand on the wooden boards above a modest plaque engraved with the words, Questionable Measures. As their hand rests against the wall, a door-sized plank rotates upwards, and then that allows entrance into a small room. Mac motions for you to go inside. And shock will. Yeah, same. Just instantly shock, instantly, water starts to stream down your stinging eyes because you struggle to see through the smog that's just filling Questionable Measure's main lobby. Misha, you also feel some soot sneaking through the few small cracks in your exterior and settling on your wires, but for the most part, slits of light from the badly put together wooden walls cut through the smoke so that you can get a basic idea of the room. And it is small, very, very small. The vibrations from the racetrack echo through the quaking walls, and it sounds as if you're in the middle of a stampede you just can't see. Behind a desk in front of you sits a seaweed-colored visitant, with muscular skin dotted with a patchwork quilt of blood-stained weapons and clothing. His face is completely blank, with the notable exception of a large mouth that splits into four sharply fanged mandibles. And despite this very blank face. You can easily tell his excitement as he stands up and says, Oh, hey, uh, welcome to Questionable Measures. By, uh, my name is Regular Bob. How can I help you today? Silence is a valid option. Uh, Misha's going to ask, are you their boss? And point at Mac. 
Oh, me? <laughs> he looks at Mac. Oh, Mixeroni, you compliment me way too much. No, uh, I, I'm just the, uh, the secretary here. Where is their boss? Oh, Miss Styles? Uh, she's, uh, upstairs. Hey, uh, Mixeroni, are these, are these, uh, two kids the one Miss Styles wanted to see? And Mac is gonna blow another puff and say, Come on, Bob, we don't know, you know we don't have anyone in here unless they need something or we need something from them. Although, to be honest, in Rulettia, is there really a difference? Well, uh, I mean, I would say so. On this form, we've got two columns. One, uh, says people who need stuff, and then one says, uh, volunteers. Uh, volunteers for what? Well, you know, questionable measures. We're, uh, law and order in this lawless town. We kind of, uh, you know, we just take care of the little guy. Stuff like that. Get in the big scraps. Of course, uh, none big enough for me. Those sound like euphemisms for fighting. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, no, I didn't mean that. Uh, yeah, we, we fight. We, 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 uh, we fight those who are, who are up to no good. You know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, again, nothing, nothing too exciting. Uh, and as he says that, both of you realize something about him that is very alarming. Because he's been alluding a couple of times to how there are fights not big enough. And it hits you that this man who calls himself Regular Bob is a species of visitant, which is what we call alien, called a Rorothic. Not, not much is known about the Rorothic. You know, they, they're kind of scattered about. But one thing that is they're infamous for is that they have a very unhealthy addiction to kills of glory. And what that essentially means is that every person they kill needs to be a bigger threat than the last. So they'll start by, you know, animals, then maybe more aggressive animals, then eventually they start upgrading to humans as visitants. Eventually to the point where the only way to satiate this is by defeating legendary heroes. And Bob, I mean, depending on what you think of Rulatia, uh, he, he, he seems to think that he's kind of exceeded what Rulatia can offer. That's just a bit of knowledge, just hits you, just casually, as this guy's just like smiling, he's got his hands on his hips, you know, in that super like, super unintimidating way. Um, Misha is going to look at him and say, look, I will go straight to the matter. I heard that your boss had something to say to us. Is your boss willing to come and say it to us? Otherwise, I do not see the point of us staying in such a bizarre and non-welcoming place. Well, uh, you know, I, I figured we'd wait for the rest of ya. And as he says that, the flap behind you opens, and you see walk in a man with dark round sunglasses and a faint birthmark that slowly drips down from beneath one of the lenses. And is in his hands, he's like casually, but like kind of show-offingly, rotating two faintly humming pearls around his fingertips. Oh, it looks like, uh, looks like they should be here right now. And at that, the man just shakes his head. And Mac turns over and is like, Are you honestly telling me, Ashen, that you weren't able to get the easiest target in Rulatia? Listen, I tried to get him to come, but he just didn't want to play the game. Alright, it's not my fault he can't take clear, obvious bait. Uh, Mac's gonna look back to regular Bob and say, Alright, looks like it might be a while. You can, uh, you can take the kids up to see the boss. And from a ne nearby shelf, they grab a letter with an icy seal on it, and they leave the room. And Bob is like, oh, well, uh, looks like you can see her right now if you wanna. Which door, then? Oh, it's right, uh, right upstairs. And you can see, to your left, to his right, there is a wooden staircase that leads to a room upstairs. Which is going to say... Why don't the boss come down and meet us here? I 
think it would be more of a neutral ground if we met here. Oh, uh, no, I, I get, I totally get what you're talking about, but, uh, don't worry. If you were, if you were worth killing, I, uh, I would have done it already. But don't worry, unless you're too competent, you'll be fine. <laughs> Seriously, though, if you appear too competent, I will hunt you down and kill you. Misha is going to say, I highly doubt that. And then telepathically, they are going to tell Shuck, I do not like the feeling of this. I do not know if we should go to where this boss is, if there is even a boss. I'm also starting to feel like this is a mistake, but it sounds like they're hunting the others. And Shock will, like, hold on to Misha's sleeve a little bit and just start, like, walking towards the stairs. Like a grab for comfort, like a, trying to be a reassuring squeeze, but really awkward because machines. M- 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 Misha is going to, uh, is going to walk alongside with, with Shock, but uh, I want them to also kind of rest their hand near there. I-, I assume that they are carrying some sort of weapons with them, so... I'm- well, yeah, you got your gear, you got your, you got your bat, you got your fucking bat on you. We do, right? Okay, so Misha is going to rest their hand on the hilt of their bat that's just hanging by their waist. Okay, so you walk up this very rickety staircase and you enter into the boss's main office. And Shock immediately, I don't know how your mind feels, but your body thanks you because that like horrible smoke seems to be pushed out of this room, which is a lot cleaner, a lot well put together. It's still relatively modest, but it's actually a, let's call it a workable space. It is something that you can actually have a conversation in without feeling like you're choking on secondhand smoke. And in fact, there's not a whole lot of decoration. There's just a long desk on it. And you see on the desk, a po- uh, on the desk you see a plaque that says Miss Styles, And all you see is kind of leaning back on a chair, you see an ivory white hat that's pushed down on the boss's face. And she has these glamorous ruby red roller skates just casually leaning up on top of it. And she just like casually waves, waves her hand and addresses you and says, Oh, Shock, oh, Misha, it's a pleasure to see both of you. Uh, please, please take a seat. Is there anything you'd like to drink? Misha's gonna frown and say, How do you know my nomenclature? And that of Shock. The woman stands up, and you can see this this beautiful short platinum blonde hair kind of unfurl from under this hat. She says, Misha, darling, it's my job to know things. Are, are you sure you don't want a drink? And she pulls out a, uh, a glass of scotch from the nearby fridge, and she takes two perfect cubes of ice, and she drops them in. Oh, I love this stuff. Never goes bad. Please, though, take a seat. Misha's going Shock to... Shock remains standing. Misha also remains standing, and they're going to telepathically warn Shock not to drink anything. Thank you, Misha. I will not. <laughs> and then Shock will say, Would you like to tell us, Miss Styles, why you are hunting for us and our friends? A devious look runs across her face, and she says, Shock, darling, please call me Lorraine. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the announcement break for episode 23, Questionable Measures, part 5. Our announcement break is a little bit early in the episode today. First, because we got just a lot of really good stuff in the second half that I just want to all have by itself, uninterrupted, and also because... 
we've got a pretty exciting announcement for you today. And in fact, I'm so excited about that announcement that I just want to let you know right away. So let's not wait any longer and give it a listen. In a world cowering in the shadow of a power-hungry empire ready to strike, you'd better hope they're hungry for something else. We don't have that much to offer the Empire. The only thing we have they don't have is cookies. And she'll gesture at the cookies in front of her. That's absolutely it. Oh. Credible interrupt. And her cape is slowly billowing behind her (laughs) inside. That's my car over there. If something happens to her, you personally will be held responsible. Effort is worth it if you get attention. It didn't have to be so complicated if you're just going to steal our memories. We don't have to have this whole cookie narrative. Brulettia is not the only dangerous place in the ninth world. Anastasia Brackleberry is used to being underestimated, but now that she's reclaimed her rightful throne as Queen of Anquan, it's time to put away the sword and pick up the pen, or in this case, turn on the oven. If cookies can be used to restore order within a kingdom, they can surely be used to negotiate diplomacy. Join Hanalore Dunn, Aerith Fizindal, and the incredible Igneous Artiste of Asteria in the first episode of a special women-only Quest Friends miniseries airing September 10th. We can have a break and have cookies, right? That's right. We got a miniseries. Originally, as part of International Women's Month back in June, we were going to run an all-women episode of Quest Friends. However, these characters in this story just could not compact themselves into one concise episode. So instead of trying to force that one episode through, we decided to instead wait and release it as a small miniseries. The series is called The Cookie Crew, and it follows three agents of Queen Anastasia Brackleberry, who's been mentioned a few times in the podcast in kind of Easter egg style, as they attempt to use cookies to broker a peace treaty to prevent the incoming war from the nearby Peranthian Empire. It's a really fun, really silly three-part series. Tom has been doing most of the editing, so I'm really excited to hear it myself. And it will be playing on our off weeks. So since we have an episode releasing this week, the first episode of The Cookie Crew is going to be coming out next Monday, September 10th. And then the week after that will be the main series, and then The Cookie Crew, and so on and so forth until the miniseries wraps up, which should be about three to four episodes. That's all I got for you. Our intro and outro music are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. And if you're interested in joining our name pool that I use for items, characters, and locations I have not previously named, don't forget to tweet or tumbler out about us with the hashtag QuestFriends. Our first use of the name pool actually came out this episode. The character of Ashen is named off of a Twitter user named Ashley, who, since I recorded this episode, has actually changed her Twitter username, so I don't want to specify anything other than her first name for risk of exposing personal information. So instead, I will just say, Ashley, if you had a player who booped a snoot so hard it broke a man's face, I am talking about you. Thank you so much for tweeting out about us using the hashtag QuestFriends. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode, and I will see you later. Far to the south of Ruletia lies a desert frozen not by temperature, but by time. 
Its mounds of sand stand as impenetrable fortresses for the ground below, creating a landscape uninhabitable to all but a few oases where time still marches onward. But in the village of Cartesian, time is not the only thing marching, as Hopper Scotch pushes himself through the loose double doors of the Cartesian Cafe. This is it. You are done. One way or another, today's adventure will be the last. So what do you do when you enter this cafe? Uh, I would scan to see if she is there yet. Yeah, you look through this very modest cafe. Not a whole lot of people are here. Uh, And over at a booth, you see her. And she just turns over to you and she just waves her hand. And that kind of, you know, when you like just flap, like kind of do a clap to yourself. Uh, She just raises her hand high and flaps it towards you. (laughs) Hopper will like, and then go over to the booth that she's in. Has she ordered yet? She's going to motion over to the person and she's like, Oh, thank you. He finally arrived so we can order. I would like the double waffle sandwich. Thank you very much. Have you tried waffles, darling? They're just a, a wonderful invention. Is she talking to me? Yeah. Hop will open the menu. He won't respond to that. He'll look for a calzone, which is almost assuredly not on this menu. It is 100% not. Uh, are there grits? Um, there are, there are crits. They are called crits. He'll give a skeptical look at that and ask the waiter, what are, what are crits? Are they significantly different than grits? Well, no, they're, uh, they're, they're just, uh, they're just grits. But, you know, like everything in this cafe, they're just not cooked. They're cold grits. They're crits. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just order the crits because everything else looks bad. Well, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Miss Styles, thank you so much for your patronage today. You see, he writes the orders on what looks like just a hairy tablet, but you recognize it as related to the main artifact in Cartesian, which is called the Dot Wave. The Dot Wave is kind of this like large spiraling tower in the center of town, and it's kind of used as like a communications hub. They've been able to reverse engineer the technology to make a whole lot of communication, which for our purposes are like tablets and smartphones, but a lot hairier. So you kind of like push your messages into this hairy tablet which transfers over to a different dot wave artifact and so he takes down your order and he's like all right i'll uh, i'll see you when it's when it's done which because we don't cook things should be just a couple of seconds and he walks away hopper turns to lorraine and he folds his hands in front of him he says not gonna bits words i don't know what you're doing here but i am certain it has something to do with the dot wave Oh, Hopper, you're always so suspicious. What if I just wanted you to buy me another wonderful meal? I miss our face-to-face talks. You've been so absent lately. I mean, after all, do you even remember Mulan? I barely even saw you. I wonder why that is. I didn't order those assassins. You didn't deal with them either. Oh, why bother it when I knew my man would be there to help me? Lorraine, I will stop you every time you try to do something like a con or a scheme. But last time I nearly didn't. It's come too close a few times, and one of these days, someone is going to actually get hurt. So I am asking you to consider whatever you're here for, whatever you're here for, whatever you're doing, to just not do it. I genuinely mean it. I know I have a trouble sounding sincere, but... I genuinely, I tried it, Hop. I tried the dot wave. It can't be replicated. Tried to do what with it? 
I tried to replicate it. Made something similar. Not nearly as good. Only a fool would be fooled by it. And let's be honest, this town is full of the only people who even know about the dot wave. Who would I sell it to? How would I use it? To be honest, I just knew you were going to come and I figured, why not catch up? Happy will roll his eyes and say, based on every single interaction I have ever had with you, I think that's a load of crap. Hopper, I promise. Any scheme you think I might try here, I have already tried. Have any succeeded? I just told you, they haven't. Yeah, but you you lie, like, a lot. Like, like a significant amount of the words that come out of your mouth are lies. I say things in a way that are flexible. But I've told you before, I'll tell you again, I never break my promises. Unless something radically changes, I promise... I will not do anything related to Cartesian. Uh, and as you've had this conversation, the, your food has been slid in. So you see these very cold grits. In fact, there are lo- there's little ice cubes on it. And then you see waffles, which is this weird kind of like pastry that just is shifting in and out of existence. A kind of waffling between dimensions, so to speak. Hey! Please, just let's just dig in for a moment. Relax, enjoy... Each other's company. Hopper will, like, take a fork and, like, poke the crit. Like, how hard is it due to being cold? Um, you, you want the sad truth? I guess. It's not, because it's very moist. Uh, Hopper will just kind of, like, put his fork down. Be like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I had a follow-up, but I lost it. <laughs> just, that's fine. She's gonna stand up and say, Well, I can see your mind is someplace else. But if you ever actually want to have a nice conversation, I will be happy to have one. And she skates out of the room. And about five seconds later, you realize she never paid. Hopper, as he realizes that, goes, Every damn time. You walk outside... And before you, in the wind, in one of the few places of this frozen desert that actually moves and and can live, you see the dot wave. You see this large spiraling tower made out of jutting blocks. It's both intimidating, like the sides of a sharp cliffside, and brittle and fragile, as if pulling one could cause the whole thing to fall apart. And you just think about everything that happens, and you think about what happened in Mulan. And what did happen? Why are you thinking so hard about that? Well, um, until this very moment, Hopper didn't know that Lorraine knew about the several assassination attempts that he foiled at the same time he was foiling her pyramid scheme that she was doing in Mulan. He didn't know that she knew, and if she knew, that means she was just letting it happen, which- What assassination attempts? Like, like who were they trying to assassinate, though? Lorraine. They're trying to assassinate Lorraine. Hopper stopped a lot of assassination attempts on Lorraine (laughs) while he was also stopping Lorraine. It was a very frustrating time for him. So he is furious that she knew about all those times. So Hopper's mad, and he's <laughs> looking at this, and he is certain that Lorraine is up to something, and he thinks, maybe if I just took away what she's after, she'll stop. The last movement in Cartesian was when the last brick of the dot wave fell to the ground. And you realize too late that the dot wave wasn't just a communication device. It was the only thing keeping Cartesian habitable. Because the wind and the sound suddenly stop. And as the dot wave crumbles in front of your feet, 
time in Cartesian ends, and the people slowly start to walk out of their town, and they're just like, oh, the wind stopped. It's a nice sunny day. I could go out and walk. The ground's pretty hard, though. That's weird. Hey, Jimmy, you think you can shovel some of this dirt that's in front of my house? It just stopped there. I don't know what to do about it. And slowly, these these small noticings start to get more and more alarming as people just start to, like, yell as the town starts to fall apart. And, and, and what does what does Hop do? Uh, having now destroyed the dot wave and he's got the, like, remnants of it in his hand, he'll kind of be looking at the landscape and then back at the dot wave thinking, what? What? He's just realizing that it's all connected. He didn't think it was that important. Hey, the dot wave is down and that guy is by it. Maybe he knows what's going on. Uh, and the town stokes start to go around you and they're like, oh yeah, it's that, uh, that hero that lady was talking about. Man, she was real nice. Yeah, I really liked her. Mr. Legendary Hero, what, uh, what happened here? Uh, what was this thing? Well, I mean, that was the dot, that was the dot wave. That was our communication device. Well, it looks like it also kept the town alive, too. Aw, shucks. Do we have a replacement? Not that I know of. All the color is draining out of Hopper's face. And out of the town of Cartesian as well. Fuck you, and he is holding it, uh, and, and he'll, like, look sadly up at them and say, I- I'm so sorry. And then suddenly you start to hear this very loud, very happy, kind of like carnival ice cream truck music as riding in on a snow loper, which is basically this like horse-like thing that is on very tall stilted legs and just by its neck has these human hands. Uh, You see riding on top of it is a very proud and very smiling Lorraine. And she turns over and she's like, People of Cartesian, I've heard of your plight and your troubles, and might I tell you today, I have the next best thing to the dot wave. I have, and she holds up a little artifact, the hop wave. Sure, it can't help you communicate, and your town will still be slow and very bad, but it will be livable, and you won't have to move from all the places you're at. And suddenly, the crowd of people around you just flutters and they rush towards Lorraine and, and they just start getting super excited and uh how is how is Hop feeling right now? Not good. Uh he's kind of looking at the shattered pieces and everyone's flocking around Lorraine and he's like, "Oh my god, she was telling the truth." Oh my god. And he realizes that he just destroyed a whole town because he got mad. So he will like he's going to just put it down and try to get out of there as quietly and subtly as he can. And as Hopper walks away from this town, you hear the townsfolk just clamoring like, oh, how does it work? Can I have one? How much is it? And in response to that last one, you just hear the gloating in Lorraine's voice as she just says, well, how much do you have? And sometime later, far, far to the north in the town of Ruledia, you see this ice statue of you in front crumble and crack and with an icy seal on it, you see a letter fall to the ground. What what are you doing? What what are we doing now? We're back in the trailer, right? Yeah, we're back in the trailer. This okay. is kind of where you and you and Ellie left off. Uh Hopper leans down to pick it up and then goes, Well, I think things just got a whole lot worse. And then he'll open it. Is it is it a na- a narrated letter or is it just a letter? It is uh 
No, actually, in a weird show for Lorraine, the letter is not narrated, probably because it doesn't need to be. And it has a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of, like, conversations, a lot of uh, eloquent words. But you get three things from it. You know where she is. Cool. She knows where you are. Yes. And she also knows where the kids are. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Okay. Hey, Ellie. Who do I have to stab? Uh, hopefully no one, but we gotta go find Shock and Misha. And I think I know where to find them. <sighs> yep. Ellie looks at Sully and says, Look, I'm, I'm taking care of some other kids too, and- You can- the world just feels June's eyebrows raise at that. Look, you're safe right now. June's got you. Stay here, I'll be back. But I need to go dig them out of whatever hole they've gotten into. Oh, 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 okay. 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 No, that's okay. And she tries to force up a little bit of a smile. Zoe, I'm sorry. I, I can't let Hop go off on his own. If something ever happened to you, I'd do the same. And you see a couple of tears fall from her eyes and she's like, oh, okay. Are you going to stay here so I know where to come when I'm done? Y- yes. Yes, yes, I, I think I think going out isn't a good idea. I think so, too. Um, look, June, I'm not leaving for good. I just gotta keep them out of trouble. She just kind of, like, does a side head nod, not acknowledging what you said, but not really acknowledging the words. Just know, don't you think for one second that not coming back is gonna keep me from finding you. I appreciate it, actually. No, I, I, I respect that. I'm All right. Clap her on the shoulder. Don't get familiar. Too late. And you, I assume you run out the door? I'm gonna, like, as gently as I possibly can, like, pat Zoe on the shoulder, making sure to steer clear of her hair. Sorry. I'll be back as soon as I can. Um, she's not answering, but you can tell she has a question for Steven as soon as you're gone. As I come out of the trailer, I'm going to look at Hop and say, this better be real good. Uh, Hopper will just, it's Lorraine. We didn't, we didn't part on good terms last time I spoke with her. And she knows where Jacques and Misha are. You can come back to Zoe afterwards. And I don't want you to feel like you have to come with me. But for the sake of Jacques and Misha. Yeah, no, I'm going to go help them. And like, I've slept with some... Bad people too, so like, <laughs> well, it's, it's well, understandable. Well, well, I, I'm well, not gonna judge well, you well, it, we, for your past actions. <laughs> we've never, we've never been a thing. That's never happened. We're not a thing. I hate her. Sure, kid. No, no, we need to go in this very clearly. We're not a thing. We've never been a thing. Okay, we're not a thing, and this is gonna be the whole way <laughs> towards the place. So I'm assuming you two are like running as fast as you can, and you just hear a. It's not a thing. I'm. Yeah, you're just running and and you're yelling at each other. We're not a thing. And I'm assuming the conversation doesn't really evolve much past that. Not really. Hopper's just very adamant. No, Ellie, we're not. Yeah, trusted. sure. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. Okay. I. Mm-mm. <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Somewhere in the distance, Jesse just writes canon next to their <laughs> fan fiction. Um, but it's not! It's not! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
So you you run over to the Neen racetrack. You open the door to questionable measures. And as soon as you come in, regular Bob is like, oh, uh, hop in uh, Ellie Badge. It's a pleasure to meet you. If you could just uh, sign your name here on the document. I don't want to sign anything. Where is Lorraine and where is Jacques and Misha? Oh, Miss Styles. Oh, the ki- uh, those those kids went up to talk to her uh, a couple minutes ago, I'd say. He's- I want to shove him aside and barge up the stairs. Okay. Yeah, Hap's just going up. I want to point out here that he is behind a desk next to the stairs. So you had oh. to run up to him, push him to the side. <laughs> okay, well, if he's not in front of the, the stairs. stairs, then it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm not going to, like, spend extra time running over to the desk. You run up the stairs, knock open the door. Oh, yeah. Knock. No, like, push, put, like, like, shove it open. I kick it. I kick it. You kick, you kick that door real good. You kick it real hard. That door's been kicked. Open Um, and down onto the, I want to kick it down. Okay, if you're going to kick it down like that, you're going to have to give me a roll to do that kind of kick. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to kick it. Wait, I want to use this one. 17. Okay, that door is slammed on the <laughs> ground. Give me my kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's at the same time Hopper goes, where are they? All right, we are going to answer that by flashing forward to a different scene. And by that, I mean the same scene from a different <laughs> angle. Uh, Shock and Misha, how do you respond to just hearing the door like slam down? Someone yell, where are our kids? And where are Shock and Misha? <laughs> Misha first at the loud noise is going to try to duck down and then they are going to kind of do it to stop mid-action when they hear the phrase where shock Misha and and just look back. Shock will spin around at the sudden noise and then get a big smile because it's, you know, it's it's Hopper and Hopper and Ellie. Like, oh, you made it. We leave you alone for an hour or however long it's been. It hasn't been that long. It's not their fault. And then Hopper's eyes will go to Lorraine. She smiles and the room seems to have almost brightened up the second you entered it. And she looks over to Ellie and she's like, Ellie Badge, it is an honor to finally meet you. I've read such great things. Read such great things. I want to punch her. Okay. I want to just go straight and punch her in the face. No claws. Roll me a d20 to hit. You put in any effort for that? Um, yes. I'm going to put one level of effort. Okay, and you get... I'll just give me a roll. 18. That does one extra point of damage, too. Yeah. (laughs) I want to give you a GM intrusion. Who do you want to give the other point to? I think Hop deserves this. (laughs) After everything he's been through, and no doubt will go through. Thank you. You describe how you try to hit Lorraine. So I've kicked the door down. Yeah, you have kicked the door down. <laughs> you have yelled at your children, and you have tried to punch a stranger. In the span of three seconds. Okay, well, I have heard that she does not get along with Hop, and we basically got a ransom note. Okay, so... I'll change the sentence. You have kicked down the door, yelled at your children, and tried to punch a mild acquaintance. Okay, it was a ransom note. It was a ransom note. She's the enemy. Okay, so you try the puncher. Uh, yeah. yeah, I try to punch the enemy that I have heard about. It's just like, go back and just straight for, well, I guess up a little bit, but like just straight at the face, at the jaw, like. You you go to punch her and your, um, 
Your fist stops about an inch before her. And you can see she has a finger pointed up at you. And underneath, she is pressing down on the button on a artifact that kind of has created a defensive field around her hand uh, and stopped your fist. And then with that, she the cipher drops to the ground, but she keeps up the finger and she goes, uh, uh, uh. You try to punch me after I've went through all this effort to get these gifts for you. Shit, magnets. <sighs> gifts. Well, I'm assuming you weren't able to get anything from those coupons at the store, darling. <sighs> Hopper puts his face in his hands and goes, oh, oh, I should have seen this coming. Oh, that makes so much sense. And as she does that, she walks to the back of her desk. She picks up this silver tri-footed stand with a small bubble in the middle, and it has a slot at its bottom, and she just slides it across the deck, and she says, please, take one of your coupons, put it in. Um, Ellie's actually, bristling, so she's... <laughs> yeah, wait, I'm trying just, to think of how... Yeah, I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna force you to do that, that's, that's silly. She pushes it forward, and there's a small slot in the middle, and she presses the button out of this dome, almost like a like a reverse waterfall. This, like, fluid comes up, and you see floating above this artifact, you see the Historical Adventures Journal, which was one of the coupons you got from Five Finger Coupons, and she says, Please, Hop, I went through all the trouble. I picked the best one with the best adventurers. I, and I looked really hard to find a gift for all five of you. Five? Well, obviously, that Miss Mauve isn't nearly as interesting, but I knew without that pliable Azor, we weren't going to get you to the city in the first place, so I figured what the hey I'd throw her a bone. You're not telling me you have it. You're not telling me you have the thing that we're looking for. Well, not on me, darling. It's not just a gift, it's payment. What do you want with us? Oh, I can see Hopper Scotch hasn't talked much about me. But surely his second biggest fan on the planet has to have told you a little bit about me. All I've heard is that you were some sort of old flame. No, no, <laughs> that's not what you heard because I said the opposite thing. <laughs> that's, that's not, uh, uh... You came up. <laughs> I, I, I am just confused as she doesn't seem to be flaming or to be that old. Well, Misha, unfortunately, that was all the past. Hopper Scotch used to be all the rage, but then, well, then he became so sorely disappointing. That's the unfortunate thing about time marching onwards is sometimes change can bring the most unfortunate realizations. I want to try to go and grab, like, her by the collar or, like, muscle up to try to get her more against the wall. Oh, be careful. You don't want to hurt one of Rulettia's darlings. What does that mean? I wouldn't mind. Oh, you haven't heard about today's show? Today? No. What? Hop, I hate her. Yeah, well, join, yeah, because she's awful. Join the club. She motions towards a drawer in the desk uh, for you to pull from because she's still held up. And she says, oh, by the way, I'm sorry, I totally forgot. I haven't offered you any drinks. Would you like anything to drink? I've got some excellent ice. Hopper's just, no, it's a flat no. Can you just get to the point? What do you want from us? Let's get this over with. And then we leave and... You're still alive at the end of this. Dear, I'd love to help you, but I really need both feet on the ground to, to show you what, uh, what your job is. 
I'll drop her. I don't see you speaking through your feet. I do believe that you can tell all of what you need to tell us while in that position. She's just so savage this session. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls out a bunch of flyers, which actually you've seen some billboards for walking throughout Ruladia, for something called the 10th World Experience. Uh, you see a bunch of flyers. You see a magic show, the 10th World Magic Show by the Great Vespari, which was that big show that you saw. Uh, and it looks like he, he has a couple going on. One is going to go on, like, he, he's the last one of the day is going to go on in Tommy Funbuck's Funhouse and Hotel. You see an advertisement for a parade that's going to start in, like, half an hour, starring the man himself, Tommy Funbuck. Uh, you see that there's going to be this 10th world, like, exhibit of new and exciting artifacts and inventions by Jetco. And finally, you see that there is going to be the 10th world auction the auction of the most valuable objects of the 10th world, starring and emceed by Lorraine Styles. And she says, well, since Jetco came in, they've decided to celebrate this thing they're calling the 10th world because they're so advanced, they're bringing us straight from this one to the next one. It's, well, frankly, it's bullshit. But... It is the most exciting thing in Rouletia, and I've sure been in want of excitement recently. And you, and she points to Misha and Shock, have, I understood, met the star of the show. That adorable little information robot, Cubo. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you've met Cubo. He's very nice, and he knows many things, but... He's not what one would call sociable. So tonight at the 10th World Exhibit, Jetco is going to introduce the new line, the very calculable quorum of beneficial outputs, or Vibo. You see, Cubo can only give you true answers and real things. But Vibo is able to identify what people want to hear and is able to say them. And, more importantly... He's able to identify what folks don't want to hear. Well, that sounds like a thing that no one should have. This is the worst thing that I've ever heard. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. That's not, he's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is Cubo, who's going to go on auction as the first item tonight. What? Misha is going to say, oh, um, my apologies for interrupting, but I probably understood I understood what you said incorrectly. I assume you mean that Cubo will auction the first item on the list. No, he's getting sold. At that, Misha is going to kind of take a step back, surprised and even offended. Listen, I understand why it might not be tasteful to anyone except for Jetco, but... After all, it's a cruel world. You might as well have the most fun you can with it. And if it makes you feel better, there's a good chance Cubo won't go up to sale at all. You've got to understand, with a robot who knows virtually anything on the market, there are some folks who might have things they don't want known. Well, why can't you just not auction it? Or any machines. Hillary, why can't you just not do bad things? I'm not the one auctioning it. I'm running the event, but I'm not in charge. I'm just taking the opportunities that are thrown at me. Please, Hopper. If I had the chance, I wouldn't auction off a robot. But if a robot is going to be auctioned off, well, I might as well be the one to have it. So who paid you to give Cubo to them instead of the auction? <laughs> 
Oh, you keep such interesting company, Hopper. No, I want Cubo for myself. Come on, it's my work to know everything. I want to test and see how much he knows. Have you asked him if he wants you? <sighs> that is what I thought. Look, lady, you're trying to paint yourself as the good guy. We already know you're not. Just spit out. You want us to what? Go buy Cubo at the auction? Like, no, no, again. I don't, this whole thing is reprehensible. At least I'm doing it fairly. I'm not here to convince you of what's right or what's wrong. Good. What we have heard is that somebody close to the auction plans on stealing Cubo from the time the exhibit opens in a few hours to the time the auction starts. Now, I would very much like to be able to purchase that little robot, and so it would be very unfortunate for me if somebody was able to steal him first. Well, that's a shame that I don't care about what's fortunate or unfortunate for you. But, and she flips a switch on the pad, and a, uh, a little folder pops up, and she says, I have heard you're very interested in the Jagged Dream. Hopper narrows his eyes. From who? Hopper, I have so many ways of knowing things I forget them. What matters is not how I know you want so desperately to stop the Jagged Dream. What matters is that I have the means to get you them, and you have the means to get me a suspect. It seems like a fairly equitable trade on my end. I don't know. I don't know about that. What exactly are you promising? She smiles at the word promise, and she says, I promise you this. If you can find me convincing evidence of who plans on stealing Cubo, then I promise I will give you access to everything you have a coupon for. And she slides to you one last five-finger coupon that just says the Jagged Dream's next steps. Shuck tries to give the rest of the party a look of, it'll be okay, and telepathically sends a message to Misha saying, I think we can do this in a way that saves Cubo. I am not letting Cubo be taken away by anybody that he doesn't want to be taken with. I can't believe humans are trying to do this to him. I thought they were better than this. And Shock will say, So all you want to know is who is planning to steal Cubo, and then you promise that we can have all of that information on the Jagged Dream. Hopper's gonna give Lorraine a very serious look and say, Last time you proposed we worked together to solve a case, it was you. <laughs> well, if you're that convinced... You better find some good evidence. Hopper understands the challenge in that sentence, and he unfortunately wants to take it. But he's gonna, like, look back at the pamphlet that has her name on it, and then, um, say, I get the impression you have a lot of lackeys. Why do you need us to do this, specifically? There are levels of involvement. There are lackeys. There are heroes of towns. There are the heroes of Navarine. But what I'm interested in is the help of the heroes of the Ninth World. Now, and she puts forward a hand and just lifts out her pinky at you. Oh, no. Do we have a deal? No, 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 no!
Miss Styles? Uh, she's uh, upstairs. Congratulations! You've been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you were sleeping with a criminal mastermind. Huh? Oh my god, no! Oh, oh you flatter me, like... darling. Oh, I don't like you. Well, I'm still flattered, though. We've never been a thing. We're not a thing. <laughs>